Hello and welcome to the Work Well podcast. The World Health Organization has identified the workplace as a priority area for health promotion. Why then does the word work have such a negative and unhealthy connotation for so many people? Think about it. We spend so much of our adult lives at work. Why should it be in a role or in an environment that doesn't support our health and well-being? My name is Brian Crook, and I'm on a mission to make workplaces more positive places to be and to make our working day as healthy and productive as possible. Join me on the Work Well podcast as I interview workplace well-being thought leaders and industry professionals to discuss how employers, employees, and entrepreneurs can lead the way by creating and sustaining the healthy, safe, and well workplaces of the future. Hello, and welcome to episode six of the Work Well podcast. If you haven't already, check out our website, workwellpodcast.com, where you can access show notes for each episode and discover fantastic bonus content. This podcast is brought to you with support from our partners, AJ Products, and Irish Life Health. My guest on the show today is Shauna Moran. So Shauna is the founder of Operate Remote, where she helps remote and multi-location companies improve employee performance and engagement. Shauna is an accredited coach, consultant, and emotional intelligence practitioner. So many of us have been forced to adapt to a remote working environment very quickly. On this episode, I'm trying to find out from Shauna what individuals and employers can do to make remote working as efficient and productive as possible for everyone. Let's dive straight into my conversation with Shauna Moran. With Shauna Moran, hello and welcome to the Work Well podcast. Hi, Brian. Thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. So how are you? I'm grand. Yeah, doing well. Keeping busy. Obviously, things have been very busy in the remote working space right now, so it's been good. And the weather's been fantastic in Ireland right now, so that is putting a smile on everybody's face. Absolutely. Yeah, the weather has been fantastic. So tell us about, as you mentioned, it's kind of uh, it's a busy time to be in the, the remote working space. Tell us a little bit about your background and how did you find yourself in that space and then setting up your own business, Operate Remote? Mm -hmm, yeah I started working remotely managing teams remotely over seven years ago when it was you know it wasn't as as common I suppose but I worked for a variety of technology and SaaS companies which you know it made sense to have remote teams because they did a lot of international expansion so it made sense to have people based all over the world in their markets so I worked remotely, loved it, didn't have to commute on a personal level, had all of the benefits and really enjoyed it. But I had to learn some hard lessons along the way, especially when it came to functioning as an organization that has remote workforces and also leading remote teams and doing that in a really effective way. So I was left with a lot of questions, a lot of areas that I wanted to improve on my team and for myself as a leader which led me back to university, where I studied innovation management, based all of my research and my thesis on remote teams, and did that while I was working. So I was able to actually make changes as I was researching and studying how teams can effectively 
scale and work together and collaborate and communicate when they are distributed all over the world. So that kind of, I suppose, created the idea for Operate Remote. A lot of people were asking me for help. They were experiencing the same challenges as I was. And that's where it kind of started. So I worked with the a couple of companies and business was taken off. And I kind of realized that there was more needed. There was more needed than just me creating strategies and working with teams to create strategies that are remote first. There was an opportunity for leaders to really step into the remote and online space and develop themselves as leaders. And that's where I decided to qualify as an actual executive coach. So I'm an accredited executive coach award-winning as well. I also got an award uh, last week. I was listed as one of the top coaching businesses in Europe 2020. So I focus now on the positive psychology around changing people's mindsets around remote working, getting them to think in new perspectives and coaching leaders to be effective long into the future as they continue to scale remotely. So that's my focus. Uh, it's very holistic because, you know, there isn't any one size fits all with, with the way that we work. And I think a lot of companies have really realized that now, especially as we've been forced to adapt to this new way of working. Like the people within the organization need to be empowered to make better decisions around this. It's it's not a case of reading the 10 tips online and you know your problems are solved. It's really about educating yourself and understanding, you know, how you can bring your your strengths and your skills into an online space and do that in a really effective way. Very good. Yeah. And that'll be relevant to a lot of people and organizations listening in because we have a lot of us have been forced into this remote working world. And I think a lot of people are calling it remote working. I've heard others refer to it as as crisis management. I'm not sure if the terminology matters, but uh, where do you stand on that? I really hope that businesses are having a good experience with this, with remote working. Of course, there are businesses that just have not prepared for this at all, and it's brand new to them. And I'm sure it is a, a bit of a crisis. But I think there's a couple of ways of, of looking at where businesses are at. Hopefully, you know, the first step is the chaos stage. And I think a lot of businesses have come out of that stage, or I would hope that they have, that they've started accepting it. So that's the second stage of really accepting the way that this is how we're going to work for the foreseeable future. We don't know how how long this is going to carry on for. And then I think the final stage is really where businesses are adapting to the new normal. So that's really where they're looking at the opportunities that remote working can present to them, their business, their teams and their future strategy, how they can capitalize on this opportunity and this way of working to save money in the long term for their business. So for example, I have a client, they're based in Germany. They have a team that were 100% based in the office. And when I first started working with them at the start of the year, they said, we never, ever really want to go remote because, you know, we just don't think it's for us. Of course, now they've been forced into remote working. And yesterday we worked on the future strategy for their business because now they can see that their teams are happier. They're more engaged because they're working on a flexible schedule that actually suits them. They're empowered to take autonomy in their work. So they're much more motivated and self-motivated. And there's going to obviously be a huge cost saving for them in not having to actually go back to an office. And they're still managing and doing everything as normal, if not better. So 
I think once businesses are at a stage where it's become the new normal, they can really look at the opportunities that remote working can present to them, whether they decide to go fully remote or just add more flexibility into the workforce. But I do think it's a great opportunity for businesses. But I would also say that if you are not having a great experience, it's not a normal remote working, a normal way of working at all. And the thing is, even existing remote teams have had to adapt and change. Because as you can imagine, as remote workers, and you probably know this, Brian, like we rely so heavily on external activities and, you know, whether that's the gym, co-working spaces, coffee shops, in order to be at our best, because we understand what we need. It's not just a case of we're staying at home and we're on lockdown when we're remote working. We're, we're utilizing things around us and activities and people and places around us. So we've been forced to adapt. And um, the other thing is people have, you know, whether they have kids at home and they're homeschooling or whether they have somebody else at home that, you know, they need to share the office space with. So there's a lot of things going on for a lot of people in the world right now. So it's definitely not a normal circumstance. And I think that needs to be called out. Very good. Yeah, it's certainly not normal. And those kind of steps or those stages you mentioned, I think the first one was acceptance there's no choice but for organizations to accept this at the moment for companies that maybe are still struggling with this where should they be looking to now what what can they do to support their employees and support their business model at, at this moment i would say if if there are companies that are still in that chaos mode really the most effective thing that you can do is get your leadership team together and start having conversations about the most common challenges that are present in the workforce right now. Maybe it's around communication. Maybe it's around employee engagement. uh, Maybe it's just a case that your team aren't motivated. So, you know, depending on what the challenge is depends on what you actually need to do. But I think there's a couple of things that companies should be doing if they're still in that chaos mode. Um, Number one, and I think everybody has really got to to grips with it is the technology and the tools so most companies now most people are using zoom i've just set my my mother up on a zoom call with her friends before i got on this podcast so i think she still doesn't know how to to use it Uh but she's chatting away there i can hear her so i think most companies have the the technology down so they're using zoom they're using slack they're using email they're communicating effectively the most important thing they need to do is understand how to use those tools so it's not a case that you need to be on zoom calls all day it's not a case that you need to be communicating solely through slack and written communication but it's understanding what conversations you need to have with your team and what tool can make you have those conversations in the most meaningful and effective way. So for example, if you're having one-on-ones with your team, how are you having conversations on Zoom? How are you showing up to be a really great leader in that? And I think the most important thing is we use the likes of, of video cameras to actually see people because of course we communicate so much with not just by what we say that's how we least communicate it's facial expression it's body language and it's tone of voice so we need to be tapping into that as leaders and raising that awareness and that level of empathy and raising our listening skills and learning how to listen on a deeper level to our team so that's really important but the the kind of second big thing is while there's a level of flexibility with remote working 
Companies really need to establish clear working agreements and policies for their team. It's not to go overboard, but it's just to make sure that you're still functioning effectively as a business. So looking at things like expectations, communication expectations, are there some core working hours that need to be put in place so that the team do have that time together online, whether that's a couple of hours a day or a certain day a week uh, where you have team meetings, but looking at that working agreement to make sure that there is that framework and that structure for people to follow because people still need structure. And then following on from structure, I think what companies need to understand, and leaders especially, is understanding that most people aren't at 100% productivity now. Most people have a lot of things going on outside of work. So how can organizations prioritize the most meaningful tasks and projects that they're working on right now and communicate that to the team and help them prioritize their workload? So instead of looking at every single metric that you had, you know, maybe last quarter, maybe that's cut in half right now when there's only a couple of key projects that as an organization, you know, it will really move the needle. And maybe that's all your team need to focus on. So it's helping people, teams and employees prioritize what they're working on, prioritizing where they spend their time and their energy. Um, and I think the final point is, the question you asked, Brian, how organizations can support their employees, I can sit here and I can list off 100 ways that organizations can support remote employees. But if you're not speaking to the people in your organization and you're not asking them those really powerful questions of, you know, how can we best support you during this time? I know you have a lot going on right now. What is it that you need in order to do your work effectively? What's important to you right now? asking those key questions and listening and then bringing that to to the the leadership conversations that you're having will will make sure that you're supporting them in a meaningful way right because if if it's not resonating with your team it's not going to be effective so start by asking the right questions okay so great points there and and shining through all of them was the importance of that communication prioritizing tasks whatever technology you're using, the policies, procedures, the framework, asking the right questions and listening. So all rooted in, in communication. So that's, that, that's coming across as really key, really key for me there. And, and you mentioned there the productivity. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I've been following before any of this kind of kicked off. There's this idea of R-O-W-E or results only work environments. And then mainly in the States, I've seen some organizations adopting this Kind of policy in your experience in general uh, what kind of impact does remote working have on productivity you mentioned some benefits earlier yes remote working has a huge impact on productivity i think the main thing is the focus with remote work is on input or is sorry on output not input so Really, when we prioritize, when we clearly understand what we want to achieve as an organization, as a team, what actually matters and cut out all the noise, people can really create schedules for themselves where they input their 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 hours and their time in a way that suits them. But the focus is on the output. So it's not to say that you need to spend eight hours 
online every day from nine to five. It's about creating a schedule that you can create, I suppose, that that's most meaningful to you, right? But the focus is on the end goal, which is is the return of investment, the output of that work. So that's the, the first thing. But I think from my research and my years of working in this space, the thing is remote workers are generally more productive than their office counterpoints. And there's a couple of reasons for that. The main reason being, I suppose, that remote workers find it hard to switch off. And I don't know if this will resonate with anybody listening. I know I've had tons of conversations around this, but when you work from home and you work primarily alone, it can be difficult to actually switch off that laptop because you're also getting a lot of deep work time. You're not being distracted by conversations, water cooler chats. You're you're working at a time where you're most productive and you're, you're probably getting a hell of a lot of work done than you would if you were in the office. But a lot of remote workers don't see it that way. So you have that as one challenge, I suppose. And then the other thing is trying to set some boundaries around your working schedule as well. So if you're working across different time zones and you're trying to cater to people in different time zones, you're trying to communicate with them and get work done, it can lead to overwork. So it's balancing, okay, yes, I'm productive, but am I overworking? So it's trying to find that balance. And I think one of the most important things that anybody can do now is prioritize their well-being and limit screen time as much as possible. And what I always advise remote workers to do, especially when they start remote working, is to actually analyze the work that they're doing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. So start actually writing it down, the tasks that you have done, what you have done, because not only are you checking in with yourself and holding yourself accountable to a certain standard or holding yourself accountable to actually switching off at a certain time by looking at the amount of work you've actually done, you're also putting yourself in a position where you can be as transparent as possible around the work that you're doing. And I think the transparency in an organization and a team is really key. And one of the best ways I think a team can do that and the easiest ways to do that is, again, by open communication. So whether that's a daily stand up in the morning for some teams that works or whether that's a weekly, monthly recap in Slack, it really depends. But it's to provide that level of transparency in terms of what we're actually working on and how that aligns to to the overall goal or to the output that we're focused on. So to sum it all up, yes, remote workers tend to be more productive. That's what the research shows. But I would say caution, you know, look at that and leaders to kind of take take stock of how much your team are actually working. Like, are they overworking? Are they getting that that switch off time? You know, because it can be tough right now because work can be a great distraction. Yeah, absolutely. So so a role there for for the employer, if you like to kind of keep an eye on that, but then also for the individual to manage their own time and kind of set those boundaries that you mentioned. So any, any other advice then for, for the individual? What can the individual do, in particular an individual now who's not accustomed to remote working? Is there anything they can do to almost psychologically prepare or adjust to their new remote working environment? Yeah, I suppose, Brian, it's going to be different for for everyone, depending on their situation, who's at home, what they're trying to juggle. But I think the main thing that you can do is psychologically is tap into yourself and start generating some self-awareness, giving yourself time to ask yourself, you know, how am I doing? What do I need today? What went well today in work? 
you know, what maybe didn't go so well. Maybe it's a case that, you know, you did overwork or you did start too early and you didn't have your morning routine. Or maybe it's a case that, you know, you couldn't get motivated because you've been sitting at your kitchen table and there's been so many other things going around. So I think it's just getting really clear on checking in with yourself. And if things aren't working, change it. And if things are working, double down on it. And I think we're all having to adapt very, very quickly and change things on a consistent basis if it's not working. You know, so, for example, I had a conversation with a remote worker who's actually a teacher last week. And uh, she said to me, oh, how do you do this remote working stuff? It's, it's really hard. You know, I can't concentrate. And I said, OK, well, what is working? And, you know, she said, OK, well, I suppose when when it's just me and I don't have any distractions, I'm really focused and time goes really quick and I happen to get a lot done. I said, well, what isn't working? Well, probably the distractions because I'm sitting at the kitchen table. I said, okay, well, what can you do to change that? Well, I suppose I could set up a desk in the spare room, you know, and that sounds so simple, but people don't think like that because they don't have the experience around remote working. So setting that desk up in the spare room and going there to get focused work done has made a huge impact on her productivity. So she's spending actually less time with the computer because she's getting more focused work done rather than doing a bit and getting distracted. So it's what are the little things that you can do that will have an impact on how you work. So I think getting really clear on checking in with yourself and taking ownership over what's not working and making relevant changes is really important. Okay, yeah, great. So if possible, I suppose, for anyone listening in, if you can set up, if you have a space that you can set up a dedicated working area, you know, ideally away from the bedroom, away from the kitchen, you know, we, we don't probably all don't have that luxury, but if you do definitely take advantage of that to set up a workspace that you can go to and kind of maybe shut yourself away, get that little bit of quiet time uh, for a bit of deep work. So that's really important. And I imagine the routine and setting an actual routine is incredibly important as well. You know, you mentioned the morning routine, sticking to that, taking time for lunch, taking time for a break. We're entitled to that bit of exercise. You know, you're, you're, you're one a day get outside if, if the weather is nice and and try and enjoy that take a break from from your working day and of course then your your, your dinner and your and your other activities throughout the day have a definite end to your working day i would say is, is important as well absolutely brian and creating some boundaries around that so whether you know that's leaving the phone in the office after you've finished your working day if you can find an accountability par- partner even better whether it's you know, somebody at home or somebody even online that you work with, that you hold each other accountable to switching off at a certain time. And you pull each other up if you see them on Slack or on email after a certain time. Uh, you can start creating that shared accountability as a culture within your team as well, which is really good. Like I've heard of teams that, you know, do yoga together every day online or, you know, they when they go out and they do their exercise, they'll have you know, they'll come back and take photos of it and post it in Slack. So they're holding each other accountable to well-being and managing themselves better. But I think it's going to look different for everyone. The other thing is is to probably, I suppose, revisit your routine and not try and translate your office routine or what your routine was into how you're working now. And understanding and giving yourself, I suppose, that little bit of self-kindness 
that that's okay. It's okay to change up your routine. You're, you might not be able to work, you know, eight to four, nine to five standard hours. It's it's going to look a little bit different. Um, so figuring that out is really key. But I'll be honest, even my routine over the last couple of weeks has completely changed. And the biggest thing that served me is that self-awareness and saying, okay, this is working. This isn't. I'll change this. I'll leave that. And it's being committed to to changing for the better all of the time. Excellent. Yeah, I like that idea of, you know, it's account accountability partner or an accountability team. And I've heard, you know, nice examples of some teams going for to a virtual cafe, having a virtual, uh, you know, water cooler almost. Um, the, the yoga is a good idea as well. Again, it'll depend on the team. That won't be for everybody. But if, if your team wants to do a virtual yoga session, absolutely go for that. And then sending the photos in of maybe it's your walk or your, your bit of activity as well. That's, that's a really nice idea. This is probably a little, it might be an unfair question, but a lot of people that I'm speaking with at the moment, and myself included, now are trying to balance maybe you know, work, working life with, with the children at home as well. I imagine, you know, kind of managing that isn't part of your standard remote working handbook. Is there any tips out there for, for the parents out there that are kind of trying to, trying to juggle a bit of everything at the moment? You know, what's interesting, Brian, is that a lot of companies now that are remote first, you know, that have been remote first, do embrace that side of work-life balance. And you'll hear and you'll probably see a lot of companies, some that come to mind is the likes of HubSpot, the likes of Webflow, some of the bigger SaaS companies that are remote first. They really embrace the fact that people come to work with, I suppose, it's not just a work hat that you put on. Like we have other responsibilities. We're managing other things. We're managing our kids. So a lot of those companies will provide flexibility, especially to parents around that and managing that. Of course, you know, it is challenging now because our kids are on lockdown with us. <laughs> so, you know, there's no crash, there's no babysitter, there's no kind of getting away from that. I think a lot of companies have been really great and flexible for parents. You know, Webflow, one of my clients that I work with, they've provided two days a week for parents for flexibility. So, you know, they've provided a more flexible structure because they know the demands of being a parent and trying to manage your work from the same place um, and not having any external support. So companies Companies need to be tuned into that and fi- find ways that they can support their employees who are parents. Another great example I've seen from Shopify is, you know, what they do is they leverage people on the team and their knowledge to entertain kids um, throughout the day. So, for example, there was, a, I believe, an, uh, someone who had uh, an art degree or was really artistic and they did an online Zoom call with all of their kids on drawing something and and getting the color in pencils and pens out and they all did it together as kids online with the parents and it was it was a great way to embrace the fact that look you know it's not like it was 10 15 years ago where you come to work and you've one personality like we've been given a great opportunity now to see inside 
people's homes and see all of the things that that goes on in their lives. And I actually think it's a really great opportunity for teams to come even closer together and for organizations to really get to know their employees more and support them more. And because when you do that, you'll engage people, you'll retain them for the long term because they feel supported and they feel understood and they can come to work as themselves, um, which is really important. But again, for those parents that do have kids at home, I mean, I don't have any kids, so I can't say I'm an expert on on this sort of thing. I'm not. I don't have that experience. But what I will say is the same what I said earlier. It's about figuring out the right routine. And the clients that I've worked with that do have kids, they've completely restructured their schedule based on that. So I know an owner of a business, he's only working four hours a day um, because that's what makes sense. So he spends you know, the morning to lunchtime with his kids, doing activities, bringing them for walks, spending time with them. And then, you know, in the afternoon while they're with their mom or having dinner or whatever, he actually gets his four hours in or if he can get two hours and two hours when they go to bed at night. So and it's working well for him because he's prioritized his workload and he's not putting that pressure on himself to maybe work to the level he was at. Um, But he said he actually feels better for it now. You know, so it's figuring out, you know, when can you get that quiet time? I think if you do have somebody else at home, whether it's a partner, whether it's a family member, it's sitting down and going through those schedules and routines together and figuring out what can work. And if you are an employee, it's speaking to your your leader, your manager, your organization, helping them to clarify your priorities and figure out a routine that can actually work for for both parties and and having that open communication but i do think it's a great opportunity for everybody you know whether it's your dog or your cat is in the back round i mean there's been some some funny conversations online now but or you know people getting to meet each other's kids online right it's we're bringing that human approach to the way that we show up at work and i just absolutely think it's it's incredible for you know that this time has come yeah i think you're absolutely right there and i've actually spoken with this already on the podcast you know we're seeing i've certainly had calls where people's children's my, my own daughters appeared on a couple of, of zoom calls already uh sometimes invited sometimes not uh, you know people's yeah. pets are being included but it's i think you know employers and, and employees are just being a lot more flexible around this um it's challenging for everybody and you know we can all kind of laugh about it a little bit and it's it's great to see most employers are being incredibly flexible around this um it's challenging for for a lot of the parents a lot of the parents i'm speaking with maybe they're kind of almost doing split shifts i'm hearing like there's a one parent is doing a 7 a.m to 2 p.m work wise then taking over and minding the children and then the the, the other parent is doing the 2 to 9 p.m shift and that seems to be working for them it just feels like it's very very long days and sounds quite tiring but i mean if, if that's working that's that's the way to do it but i think you're you're right again have those conversations with employers uh which, which are which are leaders and if you can yeah br- bring the children into those into those zoom calls and don't be afraid to do it we're, we're kind of all in the same boat yeah yeah and you know brian i've heard and seen some really great posts on linkedin and social media around educating your kids 
around work time in the office as well you know uh, there was a one that that particularly made me laugh was um a mum who had a, a meeting she put up a sign on the door to say you know I'm in a in a zoom call uh, these will be your most frequently asked questions you can have this this and this for a snack and no you can't go into the sweet press you know so it's it was quite funny but you know I think educating your kids if we can at all around that yes this is actually work you know and sometimes we have to be a little bit quieter when you know dad or mom is in the the office or in the office space and helping them understand how people communicate online because it's probably bizarre for them as well um to see it you know absolutely yeah so where, where do we go from here um you know before this kind of crisis kicked off I think there was a trend towards remote working, it would be fair to say. Now we're all pretty much remote working. When we do eventually move back to the workplace slowly over time, where will, in your opinion now, I know I'm asking you know, to look into the future here, but where will the world of remote working be, do you think, in, in a year's time, in two years' time? Yeah, I really believe that a lot of employees' eyes will be opened. Because I think people, the way that people were living and commuting and, you know, on the hamster wheel and getting through traffic and staying away from home and, you know, all that goes with that, it's not sustainable. And I think a lot of people will realize that they didn't actually need to be in a certain place at a certain time with certain people in order to do their job effectively. So I think the impact of that from employers will, there will be even more of a demand for remote working, flexible working than there ever has been. That's my my honest belief. I mean, I've spoken to a lot of people who did have those, you know, really long commutes that were away from home a lot, were away from their kids. You know, we're trying to balance that lifestyle. I mean, I've done it for, for years myself as well, but they've realized the benefits on their health. And the benefits for them in terms of their happiness and how much more effective they are because they're working in a schedule in a way that suits them and their families are happier. I don't know, you probably have loads of examples as well of, of how people have you know, become more healthier because that stress isn't there mm-hmm. um, anymore and people are working in a way that suits them. So I think that's going to be the impact on uh, on individuals and employers. But I'm it's been quite positive, to be honest, Brian, because a lot of companies now have seen the benefits of remote working and they're kind of saying, you know what, maybe we don't even need an office. This actually can open a lot of doors for us in many different ways and our employees are happier. So how can we make this work well into the future? But then I think you will also have the businesses that are, you know, have just been and will continue to be in chaos mode, unfortunately, you know, which I hate to see. But, you know, some businesses will be. And I think they'll probably say we are never remote working ever, ever again. But I think they'll they'll shut themselves off from a lot of great people, opportunities if they do that. So it can go a couple of ways. Very good. Yeah, I think. From my own opinion, I think it certainly has. It, it will accelerate the trend to a certain amount. But yeah, you made some good points there. And one, one that I've just, of course, realized is one thing I haven't noticed anybody saying during this period is, you know, that how much they miss their commute or anything like that. So there, there are, there are yeah. certain, there's, there's lots of positives to come out of this. And more time for exercise as well is, is definitely one of those. Oh, yeah, it's it's brilliant. You know, the amount of time that you get back 
to yeah. focus on. And that's what I would say to people is, you know, make sure that you're leveraging this as an opportunity for yourself, you know, to to use time to work on different projects or exercise or the things that maybe you didn't get a chance to do because you were commuting, you know, so use that commute time in a way now, don't just work through that commute time, you know, use that commute time in a way that's really meaningful to you is, is important. That is a great piece of advice there. Yeah, don't, your days might feel longer with less of a commute, but don't, you know, just use, fill that time with work. Use it, do something positive, some, something constructive in there, be it exercise or, or learning a new skill. Shauna, listen, you've been so generous with your time. Uh, where can people go to find out more about you and about Operate Remote? Yeah, no, look, Brian, thanks so much for having me on. Great podcast. And I absolutely loved chatting with you today. If anybody wants to find out more about Operate Remote or, you know, if there are any businesses that are in chaos mode or in a mode where they're trying to figure out what the future looks like for them in terms of remote working strategy, I'm always happy to have a chat and share insights. People could email me on info at operateremote.com or check out the website. There's tons of content there, www.operateremote.com. Shauna, thanks so much. Stay safe, and we'll chat to you again soon. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Hi, everyone. Brian here again. Big thank you for listening right to the end of this episode of the WorkWell podcast. This podcast was brought to you by our partners, Irish Life Health and AJ Products. Original music that you're hearing right now was composed by my good friend, Greg Clifford. Check out the website, workwellpodcast.com, where you can access show notes for each episode, and there's plenty of other great content there too. If you'd like to support the continued production of this podcast, you can donate through the website too. I would love if you could head over to iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's really appreciated. If you like what you heard today, please share this episode with your friends so they too can discover and benefit from the content. Finally, if you have any suggestions for future topics you'd like to hear on the show, email me directly, brian at workwellpodcast.com. Remember to work well, stay safe, and I'll see you on the next episode.